Action Park Media. Welcome to Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Connolly, and we are coming off an epic episode of Victory with Mark Cuban. What do you think of that? Obviously, I knew what a great guy he was from when he did the show and the movie, but, you know, he doesn't have to show up here. Right. You know, like, and, and you were right. He was here at 11 o'clock and zero seconds, and he rolls up in his car by himself, gets out of the car, <laughs> walks in. There's that thing where people say, oh, the, some of the richest people are miserable. I don't know, man. No, he's a happy guy. And he looks a, pretty happy and humble. He's an authentic guy. And you know, you Connolly texts me like a half hour before, tell Mark we're saving the spot in front for him. And I'm like... Texting Dude, Mark. How's the helipad on the roof? Yeah. I'm sure he's coming in on a helicopter. And Mark rolls up in a 2016 Lexus. Right. And, you know, it's not an act. He's just a good guy. He it, really is. And he's a, a humble guy. And you see, he caught himself. He said, you know, I like to keep a beater. He was insinuating <laughs> that just because he didn't pull up in a Lamborghini, but he, he stopped himself. He's just aware. He, you know, he wasn't going to call a 2017 Lexus a beater. It was yeah. a beautiful car. But what kind of car does Mark Cuban drive? Right? What 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 would we expect him to pull up in? I don't even know anymore. I just I he's just, he's just cool. And a couple of good things came out of that. Number one, uh, I think we uh, are responsible for Shark Tank. I think he said it. So, he said it. I don't know, you know if that's part of him being humble. I don't want anything for that. I just like it because we love it so much, and now we get to watch it. And I'm out of episodes, which is really annoying. Like they gotta they gotta, they gotta get it going. They gotta get going. Once in a while, people come in here. They just leave such a good impression on me. Yeah, uh, he left me sort of speechless. But just what a good guy he is. And Dylan, who is never bummed that he's not here. He was bummed that he wasn't at this. So. Could you imagine Dylan grilling him about Luca? Because <laughs> Dylan idolizes Luca. Yeah. He really does. If Dylan could be another person, it would be Luca. I thought we got some good insights. But uh, by the way, we you know it shows you how difficult it is to kind of break this out into press. We have great quotes from Mark Cuban that are better than anything else that's out there about Jason Kidd's hiring. And nobody's picked it up. So it's kind of sucks. That bothers you. How did I do with uh, my Shark Tank question? You think I choked? Your question or your answer? Well, I didn't want to press him on the air like, how do you feel about investing? I really wanted to know if the three questions that he was going to ask, if I would have off the top of my head known the answers to those questions. I mean, I, I, don't, I still don't know whether you do know those answers. I do but know those answers. Look, what's nice about you is you're, you are. You're a humble guy and a little like insecure, but you have a real business. And I, me, if this was my business, I yeah, would Yeah, you were like, Kev, come on. I teed it up. Why, <laughs> why isn't Mark Cuban investing in Action Park Media? I, I, I would have had it. I would have made sure that Mark Cuban walked out with a deck and was like, yeah, you know what, Kev? I'll throw a fucking ten million at you. You know, he said a lot of things that were. <laughs> I, I did. I, I learned. I learned a lot about even even such a short period of time. I learned. So, some, do you feel that Action business. Park Media will benefit from that uh, time? Well, it's funny because he was talking about Avion and he was talking about how much fun he was having acting, and, and, and he was just having such a good time being an actor on Entourage and focusing on his lines that when approached. About the business, it didn't feel like the right time for him, right? right. He didn't want to talk about Avion on right. set. He was so learning his dialogue. Think, so you didn't think it was time to talk about Action Park Media on the podcast? I just thought he was so gracious in his arrival and the way he treated everybody here and just the way he carried himself. And I didn't want to feel like I was putting him on the spot asking him for money. I mean, he was holding a lecture about crypto. It's just everywhere that he goes, the guy's got to answer but business But before questions. I am done with you, Kevin Connolly, I'm going to get you to understand you're not asking anybody for favors. I know that. You're asking right. people for opportunities. Now, again, if Mark Cuban made a million dollars with you or $20 million,
million dollars, it's not going to change his life. But I think he does like to find winners, and he does like to find things. All right, so well, maybe we, we go back to him. Tell us right. about today. Doug. Well, we got Eric Weinstein coming up, which is Eric is uh, the original E. Yeah, and right. he's, and and you'll we'll discuss how different the real entourage is from what Marx was. I can't wait. What kind of experiences came in. But E is E. The name came from E. Obviously, you'll find the job and the personality are very different. But before we do, I just, I got some text messages and now I'm fucking forgetting the guy's name. I'm sorry. He asked me to ask you about this Disney movie you did. When I was in college, Robert Townsend wrote and directed The Hollywood Shuffle, which was an independent movie that I can honestly say to you I've seen 500 times. So it was you're a big of, Robert Townsend fan? I loved Robert Townsend, and I, I didn't know why. You know, Keen Ivory Waynes was a, was a like a supporting player in that movie, and, and he was at the forefront of this great kind of sketch comedy that right. in living color. Oh, he's a, he's a genius. Yeah, sure. and, and I heard that you did this movie with him, Up, Up, and Away. Yeah, it was in 98. It was Vancouver. It was called Up, Up, and Away, and it was for the Disney Channel. And now, because of Disney+, Plus, they're now airing these movies. So it feels like the, there was a movie, but it was a movie for the Disney Channel. And Robert Townsend, I believe, wrote, and he definitely directed it, but he, I think he also wrote it. And it's about a family of superheroes, and their youngest son is showing signs of not having the family trait, not, <laughs> right. being, not being a superhero. Um, but it's funny. I, I don't want to say it was ahead of its time, but there were moments where I'm standing on the, on the set of this movie like, what are we doing? <laughs> Robert Townsend is directing, and he's in his, his superhero costume. And, uh, but it's fun to watch. And I play uh, the bad guy who's trying to take over the world. Evil. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check this out, but you'll get a kick out of it. You have Disney Plus, obviously, right? Uh, of course. Yeah. You'll get a kick out of it. Just I mean, for the, for the older crowd that listens to us, back in the day when you rented movies and didn't return them and you would get a bill literally for like a thousand dollars, you know, the Hollywood Shuffle was this movie that my friends in uh, my roommates and I in college at Tulane, we wore it out because we watched it every day. It was that funny. It's also I, an indie, right? It was an indie movie like made an for indie nothing. Comedy made for nothing, and it became kind of an iconic. Uh, cult yeah, and, movie. And, and and to be honest with you, I'm, I haven't seen it in a while. I want to watch it again because it's very relevant to today. Because the what it was about was was kind of showing that you know African Americans in Hollywood are not getting any kind of roles unless right. they're playing like criminals or whatever it was. But it's really funny, really smart. Keen and Ivory Wayans. I don't remember who else is in it, but I gotta. I'm gonna check. It out this I'm going to rewatch a Hollywood Shuffle. I, I absolutely love it. So I'm excited for that. And uh, I'm excited for Eric Weinstein. The real e. e coming after this. Welcome back. Victory, the podcast. So uh, this next guest. It's Where gonna, do you even begin? Well, it's going to be an guest. interesting discussion because everybody obviously asks how close to Mark Wahlberg's real crew was the crew on the show. And there's a lot of interesting things to dissect in there. But one of them that's just indisputable and what it is, Eric Weinstein, the real E, who personality-wise and job description may have been different. But from the beginning, everybody was like, E, the name is the guy and where we go from <laughs> right. there. So Eric Weinstein, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, where are you at? What's going on with you? Are you working with Mark now? Yeah, I'm still with Mark. We just uh, finished a movie here in L.A. called Father Stew. We finished one before that. We were in Europe in uh, Barcelona and in uh, where else? Berlin doing Uncharted with, uh, what's his name, Spider-Man. 
<laughs> Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Right, good, 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 good. I thought we were it's talking Toby. I thought we were talking Toby. Toby. Uh, Tell me when you met Mark. Did you meet Mark and Leo on Basketball Diaries? Is that true? Yes. First, what happened was there was this kid, Jimmy Matteo. You know Jimmy Of course. Matteo. So Jimmy, they wanted him for the part of, uh, of, you know, and he just could not act like a heroin addict. I was a... At the time, he played uh, Pedro in the he basketball. He played Pedro, dives. right? He was a fucking crazy character. He was, you know, and Jimmy was a good guy. So on a Wednesday night, I'm working at the program. I, you know, I'm clean 37 years. I was a director of a drug treatment facility on the Lower East Side of New York. Out of nowhere, I get a call. Hey, we got this kid, Jimmy Matteo. We want him to play this part, but he doesn't know how to act like a heroin addict. I go, what are you talking about? They said, Basketball Diaries. I said, oh, Jim Carroll. I know Jim. I used to get high with Jim. I used to get high with Jim, <laughs> get high with Patty, get high with... Well, I mean, that's my, that was my life. I was a roadie. Right. You know, and I worked for Jim for so... With Jim, like, in San Francisco, we hung out, like, ridiculous. So I said, send him to me. So he comes to me on a Wednesday. I teach him everything. I explain a lot of things to him. Thursday, he gets the part. Thursday afternoon, I get a call. Can I meet with Leo on Friday morning? Seven o'clock in the morning, come to the program. Seven o'clock in the morning. Are you fucking kidding me? I got to get up at seven o'clock in the morning? All right, so I get up at seven in the morning. I get down there. And as I'm there, Leo gets that phone call. Oh, guess what? I just got nominated for an Academy Award for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Right. And I had a long talk with him and may rest in peace, Scott Calvert. And they said, we want you. I said, okay, I'm here. Scott Calvert directed the Basketball Diaries, and later on, just ended up having a having a tough time. I yeah. believe, it, you know, yeah. it's a sad story. It's, it's took a very his own sad life, story. But... I mean, even though he, the movie, you know, he was a, a video director, he was a great video director, and maybe the movie might have been like a, a almost like a sequence of uh, music videos. Yeah. yeah, and that's what he did. So, but still, whatever. And, and they made hit... that movie. The other thing, in hindsight, that was not a big budget movie. No. Most people don't know that. That yeah. was a, a small... It was like five million bucks, Something right? crazy like that. Maybe even less. But it wasn't some, like, you know, giant studio movie. Those guys were out there grinding Chris out. Chris Blackwell. Right. Chris Blackwell produced it and paid for it, you know? Right. And then they were going to put on... I mean, Island Records, obviously, you know, put up the money. I never, We never saw Chris, but, you know, Liz Heller, she was a great woman. She produced it. And it was a great time. And, and like, so where does Mark come into this? So Mark's also... So once I get the job teaching Leo, Leo and I going out every single night... I take him down to the Lower East Side. I throw him out the car. He's wearing his jeans. He's smoking a cigarette. He got people coming up to him, asking if he got methadone, <laughs> if he's selling or if he's buying. True story. I take him like so. They uh, don't recognize him. They don't recognize. You know, it's, no yeah. one knew him. It was back. This is like House and Street and Avenue A, right, right around the corner from the methadone clinic. He's getting out the van. He's just like sitting there talking like that. <laughs> and people are coming up to him. What do you want? What are you selling? You got you copping? What are you doing? And so then they said to me, Hey, you did a really good job. Would you mind working with Mark? And at first, my my instinct was like. Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Are you talking about Marky Mark? Like the guy that pulls his pants down? I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll do it. Because, you know, they offered me a lot of money. I mean, for me back then, you know, work 40 hours, you get paid this amount of money. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. And I did it. And then the craziest thing, we hit it off. Right. I mean, unbelievable. Here I am, a Jew from the Bronx, a Yankee fan. Here's an Irish Catholic from Boston, a Red Sox fan. And like, you know, it's like, that's how when it came to baseball, we were at, I mean, like at heads. We were like... <laughs> You know how that it's was. It's probably when you don't talk to each other during the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah, right. He's Red Sox. You know, right. Mark, Mark, one time when the Giants were playing the Patriots and I, like, made the mistake of being the Giants. And honestly, I don't care that much anymore. I was like, the Giants are going to fucking win. And Mark, I thought he was going to punch me in the face. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, you know he gets serious he gets about it. He real serious about that dude. stuff. Right, exactly. <laughs> Mark I mean. and Leo, also worth noting, these are two guys that are not drug guys. Right, right. Never were. 
Never had a bout with it. They're pretty clean for the most part. Maybe they're Very like clean. They didn't know anything. Right. I had to tell Leo, come on, scratch your balls some more. Scratch your balls. Scratch your face. <laughs> do this. Do that. And then all of a sudden, Leo got it. He just got it. And he was on fucking camera doing this and writing his fucking thing. And he was, he was, you know, he was really amazing. Leo does an impression of Eric Weinstein telling him that it's hilarious <laughs> like, yo you're not scratch you gotta scratch your balls you gotta get in not just scratch them you gotta scratch them leo he, he does a great imitation impression oh, of you that. telling him um, what, what's so weird about this time period is is uh, we've talked about this before but th- this girl terry astra that i went to college with she's like calls me up she's like do you want to come to Giorgio's with these two like guys who are about to be giant movie stars and i'm like who are they he's like leo and mark i'm like yeah, I guess so. And that was the famous story where Elmo, you know Elmo, right? <laughs> Elmo goes, uh, tell uh, Leo, Elmo says what up. So I get there, and I'm like uncomfortable. <laughs> These two young guys who everyone's saying they're going to be movie stars, and I'm some schmuck. And I walk in, I'm like, yo, Leo, Elmo says what up? And Leo goes, what the fuck's an Elmo? And <laughs> it's been always been like an embarrassing moment of my life. So Mark and you, you start. You guys hit it off. You, we, I, guys, we hit it off. And next thing you know, he's like, hey. You know, do you want to? Uh, actually, my program. I was the director of the program, and they said to me, "You know, you got to go back to school. You got to get a PhD, nude DSAS, Division of Substance Abuse Services of New York State says. In order to be a director of a program, you have to have a degree. I said, degree. I went to UCLA, University on the corner of Lenox Avenue. What degree do I need? You know. So I, you know, I'm like, what are you talking about? And well, you, you have to go towards a PhD. I said, PhD, play a degree. I said, are you? I mean, are you kidding me? Okay, well, the degree is going to cost me two hundred thousand dollars, six years of my life, and then what do I make? They said, oh, you can make seventy four thousand dollars a year. I said, Mark, I'm glad. What are you doing? He goes, you want to come with me? I goes, I don't have a road manager. Do you think I should do music or do you think I should do movies? I said, you should definitely do film. I mean, because what the act, some of the characters. Some of the roles and the things that he's played, I mean, even though as his character in, in Basketball Diaries, he was great. I thought him and Leo were amazing. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, they're, they're, it was definitely eye-opening to watch Mark in Basketball Diaries because I think it was fair to say everybody initially your thought is wait, and then you watch the movie and you go, oh, this kid's a star. Yeah, and and hey, maybe Scott Calvert was be the guy to. Thank for that because he right. they saw something, man, and and man, Mark hit that one. In so the basketball other day. diaries is before Renaissance Man. No, after right yeah, after. So Renaissance Penny, man. Penny, Penny Marshall it, right? is the one. Penny Marshall and what's his name uh, were the ones that said, "Hey," and then when he met Danny DeVito. And that was, I mean, that was a great part. But that he was a lot different. Still this a big was, jump to basketball. Diaries. Yeah, no, for street. Sure. He's real street. Right. This is him getting a chance to be the street guy that he really was in Dorchester, in Boston, but just doing it now in a New York, you know, right. way. All right. And so he, let's so let let's talk about that because uh, we then we start casting for I mean, even writing process. And Mark was great because I said I need to make it New York, which you know how important that is to us and how important Boston is to Mark. But Mark was awesome and said, just do it. And I remember the one thing Mark said, don't make me look stupid. And when Mark says that, you know, he's not fucking around. Like, I'd love to read the subtitles on that <laughs> one. <laughs> so we get going on this thing and we are trying to cast Mark Wahlberg, which is impossible. It really is. That's why he's Mark Wahlberg. There's not that guy's guy. That's kind of a tough guy. And Lev, had Adrian in his back pocket for months before he really said, I got the guy. Do you remember any conversations with you and Mark about Adrian specifically? Do I remember any conversations? I remember every conversation. (laughs) Good. Okay, here's how it went. 
Lev comes to me, and I said, Lev, I even said to Lev, what about Adrian? He goes, Mark will never, never, ever approve it. Mark will never do it. I said, leave it to me. Let me talk to him. You know, I said, and I told Mark, hey, there's this kid. He's a good-looking kid. He's, he knows how to act. He knows what he's doing. Can he play you? No. But do you want someone to play you? Well, not really. You want someone to be this, this you know, movie star. And he says, okay, make it happen. Wow. That was really how it happened. By the way, this is a great piece of information that I did not yes, know. Lev. Let yeah, me, I believe say it. that. It doesn't matter. No, no. <laughs> Lev will never give me that credit. But never. let's let, take it back a step further. I know this because I was there. I was. We always ran in side-by-side separate groups, but we were always under your protection. <laughs> so we would be at separate tables at the bar, but we were like, oh, you know. Wallberg's guys, guys got to come. Well, nobody's fucking with us yeah. now, right? We, they, we, got, we got the army around the corner. Let's just talk about exactly who that is. Because in the show, when we have the real entourage come, it's Mark Wahlberg, Eric Weinstein, Jay Giannone. No, yeah, no, no, no. Jay, no. Is Jay not no, in that scene? You know what? No, not really. You see, we missed who a couple. Who walks by a Okay, so you, there's in the pilot, for people listening, in the pilot, there's the first oh, yes, scene, where we, scene see, yes, where we yes. see Mark Wahlberg and we bump into the real entourage. Johnny Drama. Uh, obviously, it's a real Jesus. Johnny drama. Okay, so it's but now they wouldn't they wouldn't be the ones that be that would be out with us at that table next door. Right. So who's the okay. real crew? The real crew would have been myself, Mark, of course, would have been Ace, Ace, you know, Brizzy, you know, this. I mean, some other people, you know, involved. Johnny Drama would come out, he'd have one drink and he'd be gone, <laughs> you know. Right. Really, I mean, and that would be it. I mean, and Turtle, let's let's you know, you want to talk about Donkey. Let's talk about Donkey would always be there, but he'd be running around the room, may he rest in peace, looking at women's feet. You go, hey, you got beautiful feet. You got really nice <laughs> he had a, feet. He had Don- a foot thing. He had, he had a foot, foot thing. <laughs> he really did. Donkey, um, would you say, because I'm going to throw another name out there, Johnny Gallo was a turtle vibe, but no. no so Donkey no, was Donkey turtle. Donkey was really, really turtle. But right. again, just so we all know, of course... Lev would tell me things and this and that. But I didn't hang out with everybody and go, what? I was obsessed with Johnny Drama's name. I was obsessed with E. I was obsessed with Johnny Drama's abs, even though Dylan didn't have them. He'll be mad at me. But, <laughs> you know, like that was one of the things we would try to cast for. And then Turtle, there was a time when we didn't think, you guys all had to sign releases. Do you remember this? Yes, this was a big thing. We didn't know if they were going to sign it. So I was getting calls every day. And again, I don't know Donkey. I've never spent Two seconds with Donkey or Murder One. Is that the same That's the same guy? person. Okay. Same guy. So I've never spent a second with them, but I was obsessed with the name Turtle. So then I get the call. They're not signing the releases. What happened with that? So I was going to have to change Turtle's name. And I spent You're days. Sad. I'm like, I need a By four. By the way, that could have been catastrophic. You know what? We were like, uh, <laughs> we were seriously sitting there like, well, what if we call him Mooch? And I, I literally would not sleep. I'm like, we need a four-legged animal that moves slowly. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. So what was going on? It really was never. You know what? I don't think, I think that before it e- they even got to us, because as soon as I got the release, I signed. And I was right there when Johnny Drama signed. We signed together. And I never really heard any. The only one issue I heard might have been was Donkey. Right. Was Donkey because he wanted this, he wanted that. And Donkey <laughs> went up for the part. Don't forget, Donkey auditioned. Donkey auditioned. Donkey the real Johnny Drama auditioned. I remember Drama's audition. And and was drama right. was funny. I mean, and they were together. Yeah. They were together. Oh, they man. all went up. They all went for the part and they thought they were going to get it. Donkey be like, yo, E, yo, I went for the part. Yo, yo, yo. I went, I'm going to get the part. E, you be my manager? E, you be my manager? We've talked about it before, but I want I want Wahlberg. Like I'm trying to find Wahlberg, and part of me at some point is like, "Let's gonna fucking put Wahlberg in this show at some point." I'm thinking that 
Then we find Dom, and I'm like, okay, now we got like a Dom crew. fits the prototype in a big way. Is the thing about Dom, Dom also Lombard auditioned for E, didn't he? Right. Yeah, Dom auditioned Dom, for everybody. For everybody, yep. I thought I Dom could anything. be anything. But the truth is, in hindsight, which which brings me to, we do this screening at Mark's house of the pilot. Oh, this I, is awesome. I have to sit there with the real crew, and it's a lot of them. There's Rasta, Russ, and twenty other people. Oh, Rasta Phil, yeah, of course. Paulie Herman, who plays Marvin, the accountant coming up but it starts switch him to an unlimited plan (laughs) (laughs) the show starts and paulie looks at me and sees adrian and goes this guy is not my idea of male sexuality okay and i start sweating i'm like oh my god that's a tough watching the rough cut of the pilot with these guys yeah that's i don't blame you do you remember this and mark gets up tells everybody Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We've got a monster hit. That's what Mark said at that screening. And it was pretty cool because I thought everybody wanted to kill me. I really did. I was like, they hated. Everybody thinks we fucked it up. But we couldn't find that type of crew. And I think in hindsight, it was better because well, if you had a guy like Mark, um, he didn't he even though he has you guys, he doesn't need it like Vince needed that crew around them. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a lot. Different. He's a bit more. He's he's not. He's a bit more of an individual. <laughs> Mark is not afraid to be bit. alone. You think, right? He can stay at home alone. So tell us about the real entourage. Though. Is there any? Did you live with Mark ever? Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, I did my best not to live with him because <laughs> who wants to live with your boss? Kind of like that stuff. But I stayed. We had a big house on it. He at that time he was moving around a lot. We moved from. We had an apartment. We had Milton Burrell's apartment on Wilshire Boulevard. <laughs> then we had the Rockstar House up on King's Road. I remember that. And then we had King and then we had another place on Doheny and we kept moving around till we finally found the place on Oak Pass Road. Which I then I, I lived with him for a while while it was all being done, while they were doing all the remodeling and all this stuff. But then it's like, you know what? I'm too way too independent. Who else did anyone then else live Ace lived there? Ace has been with him. I mean, Ace lived with him every chance, every step of the way. Uh, Ace would be there. Janoni wasn't really there. Bubba never lived there. Bubba was like given the opportunity of a lifetime. He was, Mark said, when, you know, he signed with Ari, look, you got to take care of a couple of my people. Ari and Ace. Ace never made it out of the mailroom in eight years, 10 <laughs> Wait, years. Wait, go back, Ari. Hold on one sec. So Mark tells Ari Emanuel, who Ari Gold is based on, that he's got these two guys. But I'm going to sign with you, but I need you to help out a couple of my buddies. I love it. I love it. So even Vince didn't do that. Vince said, Turtle's got a business well, idea. He set, up a meeting. he set up a meeting yeah, with Ari. So Ari has got to meet these guys and tell me what was. He there. had to hire him, and he did. <laughs> he hires baby Bubba, and Bubba's all of a sudden sitting in Ari's office every day, dressed in a suit. Just like Ari, going out to meetings, Ari comes to set, Bubba's right next to him. And then an ace is given the opportunity to be an agent, but you got to start in the mailroom. Unfortunately, he never made it out. What happened? Do you He's, know? He got caught sleeping under the table, <laughs> hanging out in the whatchamacallit lounge, hanging out, you know, talking to the, 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 the girls that cleaned up the kitchen and getting involved with them and getting involved with this one and that one. And it just didn't work. And what about Bubba? Bubba also, he was going to be a rapper. He was going to be there. Bubba's real name is Johnny Gallo. Johnny Gallo. He's actually a decent rapper. I mean, whatever. Right, he's not bad. I've listened to his last new stuff. Isn't bad. (laughs) Right. I love Bubba. He's he's a a pain, and he's a con artist, but that's who (laughs) Bubba is. The biggest con artist. He could sell you the Brooklyn Bridge, and you, yo, man, I'm telling you. Well, that's that's what you do. That's also interesting. That's also where the entourage, the real entourage used to do. And because the real entourage, which is why... When Lev and Mark first came to me, 
which, by the way, I had no job, so why they were coming to me anyway? But I was like, this idea sucks. I don't like it because things that we talked about was like Paul robbing the fan club. Holy Campbell, by the way, is a obviously a crazy, tragic He's gone. story. Yeah. He's gone. Um, rest in peace. Yeah. So, but one of the first stories that Lev and Mark told me was was Paulie set up the fan club for Mark, and and people would send in twenty bucks, which I used it on the show when the girl sent the picture and the money, and Turtles putting the money in his pocket. But Paulie Campbell stole money from the fan club, correct? Every, he never turned a dollar in, right? So that was the tone. So he started the fan club and then stole the money. Right. Oh, and then he but he bet the money on the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, he bet the money against the Giants, and he took that money. And never and he never paid him. He bet like there was like a few thousand lots of money and he went to the wrong people you know and he bet and i think he ended up like pushing you know the what's it called the broom in their restaurant for a while because <laughs> he never paid the money yikes on the set of perfect storm paulie campbell comes with two cases of iced tea i go where'd you get those from oh jimmy keogh gave them to me i went keogh what are you giving him iced tea for Oh, Mark wants it. I said, Mark's never drinking iced tea in his life. <laughs> Jimmy Kehoe is a, is a famous craft service guy. I've worked with him before. He's a, by the way, he's a great guy. So this guy was trying to get free iced tea, and he took it to his car and said it was from Mark. Exactly. I mean, it's so insane. We're going to do this at some point, Eric. There was a first draft of the script, which Chris Albrecht read and said, what the fuck is this? We're not doing Sopranos in Hollywood. <laughs> right. You know? And the truth is, is... Some of the yeah, surrounding the guys. real entourage is a little rougher around the edges. They were a lot than, rougher uh, than Turtle, Dramedy. and Jerry Ferrara and Connolly <laughs> and Dylan. Maybe you know, Dylan no, no, Connolly, come on now. You, be, you, know, you might be this guy here, but I've hung out with you in the club many times, and somebody walked the wrong way or said the wrong thing, and you were ready to, you were ready to go. <laughs> you are ready to go right away. You were no wimp. You're not that you were part of it. You fit right in. Eric, Let's my, be real. My, my first night going out with Connolly, he's like, meet me at some you club on Sunset. You have told the story 10 times. Uh, I mean, Eric, Eric, you know the stories that get better with time. No, this is real. I love it. This is this real. This guy that, gets bigger every time Doug tells him. Connolly's like, show up at whatever the whatever club it was. Shelter. Got a parking spot out front. And Connolly is good like that, except for when Charlie Sheen shows up here and he doesn't look out for his car. But Connolly is like, I'm out front. I mean, it is pouring, which doesn't happen in LA that much. I go, I pull up. There's Connolly. He's like waving me in like he runs the club. All of a sudden, the bouncer, who's 6'6". Six, six, He's 6'11 six, and a half. <laughs> no, this is not bullshit. 150 pounds. He is huge. And he comes running over. Get that fucking car out of here. And Connolly turns, just like you said, like he's Conor McGregor and puts this guy in his place. The next <laughs> thing I know, I got a spot. So Connolly is, he for, really all, is. for all the crowd out there that always says he's a pussy, <laughs> Connolly will fight you. He may get beat up, but he'll I'll fight. probably get beat up. Yeah, <laughs> no, anymore. I don't think he'll get beat up either. <laughs> I think he can hit and run. You know? yeah, exactly. Move, move, move quick. Move, you know? so, I don't believe that. So everyone, when the show gets rolling, there's a lot of people. Janoni, who I love. I don't know what anybody else Jay in the crew Ginoni, thinks. Jay just so people, you say Janoni like people would know. Jay Janoni was part of, that's the other thing too about the Entourage. Like at the end of the day, it's a TV show. You can only service so many characters, right, Doug? Yep. So if you really broke down Entourage, that could have been 10 guys that you could name. And then you have to hone it down yeah, to Yeah, lots of elements going to all of it. But Janoni used Jay to say Ginoni to me. is a friend of, of, of Mark's. That, but I don't know that he was on that super inner, inner circle, but he, he was around. But what sure, Jay right? w used to say to me, which I, I'm not uh, criticizing him. I love him, and I, 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 I don't care. How the show came to me is Mark and Lev brought me an idea. I wrote what I thought worked. They were happy, and we're all good. But I would get from Jay... Are you happy that I made you rich? Because this was my idea. How did this come okay, about? Eric almost fell out of his chair. Right <laughs> and, Jay, don't, and Jay, don't get mad at me. Maybe I'm uh, paraphrasing. 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 Okay. How did this 
initial idea come to pass? Back then, all the rappers were calling all their friends their posse. And then I said something to Sarah Lum. And I said, you know, maybe we should do a TV show called Posse. She said, no, Entourage. And I went, hmm. And then Sarah Lum said the word Entourage. First, wow. time, first time the word Entourage was said was from Sarah, Sarah Lum. And just so everyone knows, Sarah Lum, who was awesome, who read every every single draft of the script, worked for Lev in his office. So I've never heard that. That's amazing. That's, just the, that. truth. That's the God's honor. I believe you. That's I amazing. I came up with it. And I think also Ari had promised Mark two TV shows, right? To, you know, for his signing and everything like that, <laughs> you know? And he delivered. And yeah, he did. just one of it, you know. <laughs> but I remember, I got to tell you something. The first couple of drafts you wrote, I thought were incredible. The first few drafts, I mean, not the, the original the pilot wasn't, but they when they passed on those drafts, I was like, are you out of your fucking uh, mind? I mean, it's so they we still so do have to read it. Good. I, I mean, mean, the first draft I thought was to die for. It yeah. just was just the tougher guys, right? I mean, it is was, that what it, it was? It was a tougher group, like Vince. I wrote it how I saw Mark. Vince threw Turtle out of the limo for criticizing the movie he just made. You know, and it, it just was, look, it's the guys that I grew up with who got had a little more edge and a little more bite. Because I didn't really grow up with a guy like Vince who was just so nice to everybody and taking care of everybody like that, you know? Nobody was. Nobody yeah. did. And that's why, and that's why everybody had to hustle so much. Because Mark was not putting anything on you, just saying, here, you here, take it and go. Take it and go. No, you got to work for it. Figure out you your have own to do way. It, figure out your way. And that's what Giannone, he would do that. I mean, he was always, every single day, he had a different hustle, a different this, a different that. He wanted to do this show. He wanted to do that, this music. This, I mean, every day, it was something different. But it, that's, that's what Mark gives to everybody, though, you know? You want something, you got to go get it. So Mark provides the access, but then from there, you got to go hustle it. I'm not going to hold your hand. You're, you're here. Now go figure it out. And Jay exactly. Giannone, so everyone knows, has one of my favorite lines in the show when he's outside and he ruins the movie for everybody. Oh, well, the, he, yeah, he, ended, the up, he ended up being in an episode where he, where he says... Yeah, date uh, night, season one, where he <laughs> tells him, uh, you know, uh, the squirrel dies the in the end or whatever. You know. But what is going on now with the crew? Now everybody's... Mark's married. He's got four kids. It's a lot different. There's no more going out at night. Golf in the morning, gym in the morning, hang with the kids when he's not working. We're on set. He's working all day, at night, at dinner. We have a chef, you know, takes care of him, and he eats. He reads every single night, reads the script, still to the last day. Make sure he walks on that set knowing his lines, your lines, and the guy behind you's lines. That's why he's got that house. You know what? He was he always, uh, he was a worker. He just he's a was. worker. He and really is. You he, see him doing his 4 a.m. workouts. It makes me feel like a loser all know? the time. I we see. just came back from Dominican Republic. It was 2.30 in the morning every day because we had to leave. You, to, you know, the drive would be two hours to base camp. So Ugh. we have to leave by 6. So we have to be out of the you know, house, you know, and you had to get up at 2 in the morning. Just do it. You go to bed at 8 at night. No hanging out. No nothing. Get back from work. Go to sleep. You know, maybe have a little cigar. So the fun's gone. It's not really it's different gone. kind of fun. It's different God. kind of fun. We we hang out and we enjoy each other's company. It's not really. It's not the same. Who wants to do that anymore anyway? Yeah. You know, you can go out and you know you're you you know everyone's married. Everyone's got kids. What are you gonna do? You're gonna have all these women parade by you, and you're not gonna be like, oh, you coming home with me? Oh, you <laughs> can't do that shit no more, man. So who is around now on a regular? Every basis? day is myself, Ace. Uh, we have we have Sheffy. We have Ricky. We have a bunch of other people. Not no, and Brizzy was around. We were just in Boston. Bo is still around. Did you meet Bo? Mm -mm. Big Bo? No, I met Bo. You met Bo. Yeah. Bo is like still around once in a while, and uh, and that's it. That's so, so. Drama's home in L in 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 Boston. Why? He's got three three kids, 
You know, he's building his business. He's got his music going. And the real Johnny drama, by the way, I mean, he is... Cousin Johnny. Cousin funny Johnny. as hell. And I really actually thought before we found Dylan that we could somehow make him work as He drama. is funny. He's he just is, got that thing about him. Like, yeah. everything he does is funny, much yeah. like Dylan. Yeah. So my question is, where do you guys go from here? In what? In life? Know, no, no. I'm talking about if you, if this... If anything you were to do, I always thought that what you could do would be a real f- another film where maybe you know twenty years later here we are and you know what happened. Certainly like, things are different, right? Certainly things are different. Donkey died. This one died. This character's gone. Doug, you get to kill a bunch of people off. You'd love that. Well, would, uh, <laughs> obviously, we got to kill Vince since he doesn't return my phone calls. So, right, well, whatever. But you know, I'm just saying. I, I I still think that you have some really big interest in this show. Yeah, big people want to know because it was great. People were entertained; they loved it. The whole they really got to see what the Hollywood scene is about. They didn't. They saw. I mean, some of the back stuff and the you know and all the films and what goes on on set and this stuff. They they saw that already. So now here it is, twenty years later. What's going on with the entourage? What's really happening? Oh, I could I could see it in a second. It's I mean, almost easier to redo now than it would have been even five years ago. Much easier. The, the landscape has changed. So yeah. now it would be interesting to go. Oh yeah, well, how do these guys maneuver in this? new world yeah I, I i think we could we could totally do it so that's that's a mark question mark's just got to call hbo and go let's go do it and, you know. hbo max yeah. <laughs> so but you know it's it's something that even with the movie you know i didn't want to do the movie i know you didn't and mark was like you're doing it and that's sort of Connolly didn't want to do the show and mark was like you're doing <laughs> it so you know when mark when mark decided well, you were doing something it. else weren't you didn't you have another show 40 plus something was i part. had 40 with eddie burns and michael imperioli but it wasn't even that i just you know i just didn't see any more we had such a great ending to the show you know, Led Zeppelin, Connolly and Emmanuel or whatever, Sloan and E fly off. It just it was the perfect ending to me. That being said, even though the movie didn't work to the financial people, I still love the ending. Dylan winning the Golden Globe is worth uh, everything to me. I loved it. So but uh, I thought we had a good ending. But we'll maybe move forward. I don't... One day the opportunity is going to present itself in some form. That might be today, tomorrow or in five years. But no. I mean, there you look, they're, re- they're redoing Dexter. Did you know that? No. <laughs> They're yes. redoing everything. They're yes. redoing Dexter. Yeah. They're Mark's redoing- nephew's in it. Oh, wow. This is a kid from Boston And they're Boston shooting in Boston, yeah. We put him in an AT&T commercial with Mark, put him in some other things, but now he's in Dexter. He got signed for like six episodes. That's this awesome. Year. Amazing. It's a big family, the Wahlberg family. Yeah. So Oscar is amazing. He's a great kid. When you look at a guy like Wahlberg, how does he make things cool that might not be cool to anybody else? In other words... So you go Wahlburgers, for example, right? How do you go, hey, let's do a reality show and we'll, we'll do it about this restaurant, Wahlburgers, and oh, by the way, we'll open up 200 of them and, it, and turn it into a thing. How does an idea, because I know you were involved in that as well, how does, it, how does that, because that elevator pitch could go, make you go, Mark could go, are you crazy? What are you talking about? Mark just automatically sees the big picture and the big... You know, I, you know what I think it really is? It's like if Elvis Presley said to you, hey... I'm going to do this country and western song. And you go, Elvis, country and western? And then he goes, yeah. And you go, okay, yeah. It's the persona right. of having that certain kind of cool you know, aura around him that you go, okay. And then you figure, okay, well, you, you do the show, and you're going to use that for your, that's your publicity for all the restaurants. Then you do this, you do that. I think what's interesting about Mark, he's so authentic that it doesn't come off like he's – why is this guy doing a reality show? Why is he doing this? I knew immediately. I'm like, yo, there's a far bigger play here. I just knew instinctually that, you know, this is the, exactly, this is the tee up 
for him opening a bunch of these restaurants all over the place. So, Eric, let's get into the real deal with you. Oh, do you have pieces of this? Do you get, I mean, <laughs> do, do you, Doug? <laughs> do not get me started. <laughs> Don't. Because Turtle me walked started. away with what? A hundred million yeah. at the end of the show? So yeah. Turtle's the only yeah. one that left the entourage with money. <laughs> Don't get me started on that point. You know? <laughs> I'm still working hard at other things as well. Yeah. Trust me. But things, but you're happy. And- I'm okay. You know what? I've been with him for almost 30 years. Jesus. You know? 30 years is a long time. Yeah. I'm good. I'm going to be 67 this year. My health is good. Jesus I'm happy. Christ. You know, I'm, I'm, the Yankees suck, but that's really my biggest. Right. Sorry, there's a lot of biggest, uh, right. Sorry. They're going to make a late run. They're gonna make I know. Run. I know. But still, I'm, I'm fine. I'm always looking to do better. That, you know, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that just sits back and goes, okay, I'm happy. No, I want more. My wife wants more. She really, you know, you know, she's young. She's younger than me. She's 42, 25 oh, there years. There you go. Right. Good job. She's from Bangladesh. She's amazing. I love her dearly. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm always looking to do more. I'm right. good though. And I'm my, you know, as long as I got my head screwed on straight, you know, I'm not putting needles in my arm. I'm not doing anything stupid like that. I'll be okay. Yeah, well, you seem great, and I, I mean, I love that you, we got you in here. It, it, it's amazing. I don't think I knew that you were a, a Lower East Side legend uh, in Manhattan, but I didn't realize. So you actually hung with Jim Carroll, and you were like oh. in that scene in a big way. Where I started out as a roadie when I was seventeen years old. I was working for Alice Cooper, running you know ounces of cocaine from the Bronx to Connecticut. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? I had the rocks, baby, the rocks. You couldn't shave them, and the, everyone was doing coke back then. So I was, I had got a great price. I to make a bunch of money. And one day they invite me to a show and I go to the show. They say, oh, come back to the house in Connecticut. We're going to have a little party, have a few drinks, hang out. I go, no problem. I get there and the road crew is unloading the truck. I go, hey, you guys need any help? So I start unloading cases and speakers and this and that. And they go, hey, you want a job? I'm like, job? What are you talking about? And at the time I was working in a clothing store called Granny Takes a Trip. They made all custom-made clothing from England, high heel boots for men, two to, I mean, every rock star and their mother. Keith Richards gave me my first pair of tickets to go see the Stones in 71. Wow. You know? That was pretty awesome. And he threw a bag of fucking Coke on the table. <laughs> getting blasted, you know? And uh, I just said, yeah, sure. So the next day, they say, okay, here's the keys to the truck. Take the truck and drive to Manhattan and pick up Neil's drum kit. I go, Truck? I never drove a stick in my life, but I don't say this. Right. I didn't even have a driver's license. I don't say that either. I get in the truck, and in two miles, I'm like, what's that smell? The fucking, I burnt out the fucking emergency brake <laughs> in the first two miles. Okay. I drive it down to the city. I get there. I pick, I go to Manny's, the most famous music store in the world, get the drums, drive it back up, and I make it. And they go, we'll give you 125 bucks a week. You want to drop? I said, I'm in. Wow. And then Pretty from wild. there, it was like... I worked then Kiss. Oh man, working for Kiss and Paul. And Did Gene. you travel them? Oh yeah. Oh my wow. god. Oh yeah. With Kiss. That's I'll never boring. Be huh? in Ohio <laughs> and coming out of my room in the Holiday Inn. There's a line of women around the around the block, around the corner from their room, waiting to get in just to fuck both of those guys. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. True story. Yeah. Women waiting on line, and Gene would be like, "Uh, your turn. Uh, you come. No, no, your turn. <laughs> your turn." And Paul, they were like, they were real rock they stars. They were legitimate rock stars. Legitimate rock stars, you know? Do you think that, I mean, that world's just over. It's like, you see these rock stars now, they're all like health addicts, and they're all like real pleasant. Like, it's just Right, you follow world. Paul Stanley, he's talking about his 25-mile bike ride. Yeah. You know, but now he's got married and kids and jeans doing this, and they got to worry about the wig here and the wig there, and they're right. going, but they're going to do another tour, end of the road tour, they're going to do 
another thing. Make a few more million, a bunch of millions more dollars before right. they before they hang well, it up. Those wild wild days are are interesting to talk about because even on Entourage, which you guys know, and it's, it was my tastes, it was somewhat conservative given the reality of what was going on. Somewhat, and, <laughs> tell, somewhat. Let, but Come let the on. let the we audience out know. Every single night, every club, and we we walked in at ten, and they threw us out. We were the, they were the last ones to leave. You know, we'd walk in, they'd have a fucking garbage bag full of Bud Light. I always and said we that. didn't leave until done. These guys used to sit down at the table, and there was a. I don't even ever saw anything like it. They had like it was like it was waiting for them. It was a giant tub packed with ice, full of beer. No vodka, beers. <laughs> Bud Light for the boys. Bud that Light for the boys. Yeah. That was it. And Mark made there. sure there was Bud Light. That's why everyone's like, why was Bud Light on the show? Because Mark, Mark wanted Bud Light Mark on Mark the show. Bud Light. That's what yeah, was that's on the all show. he drank. And yeah. that was it. And we didn't leave till the sun came up or till someone was throwing <laughs> us out. And then sometime, oh, we're going here next. We're going, I mean, six in the morning, we stumble home. And then sometimes six in the morning, stumble home and had to leave at seven in the morning to go to work. <laughs> and we did it, you know? But that was, I mean, the life was so different. Every single night, every single night to a great restaurant, you know, always eating good food, every day in the gym, every day. And he, while the whole, I mean, it was very conservative compared to the life that we Yeah, really well, I mean, listen, it was, my, it was my choice to go, if Vince sleeps with 400 women a, a season, nobody's going to like him. Now people talk about the show like, oh, there was so much sex. There really wasn't that much sex on the show. I Not mean, compared to what was really going on. <laughs> so, and don't forget, every time a woman like would talk to Mark and Mark would kind of reject her, all of a sudden he'd become one of the other guys from the entourage <laughs> going, Hey baby, why don't you be hanging out with me? You can come hang out I'm oh, oh my God. People were like it was like their radar was up and you know, once they saw that Every, the moves, it was like a football game, right. you know, trying to get to the ball. <laughs> and they and that's what happened every single night. Especially, remember, like, we were in Paris for, like, three months shooting there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every single night going out to the club, to celebrity, to this club, to that club. It's amazing. So I just want to jump back to the pilot for a minute because the day of the pilot, when Mark is showing up with you and Jay and drama, I'm like, Lev, is Mark coming? Because... You guys were a little late. Was there any talk? Was Mark, do you remember? Was Mark like, what am I doing? Is this the right move? Is the wrong, anything like that or what? Not at all. Actually, he was pretty excited. He was? Yeah, no, he really wanted to do it. It was great. He, he it was just about, I don't think you wrote any lines for him. I think he just kind of, or you might yeah. have told him just then. Yeah. So when he's not, you know, he's the kind of person that he wants to know what he's doing before he does it so he can make sure yeah. he does it right. Right. And I think that was great. He just said, yo, when we walk past those guys, make sure you look hard. <laughs> don't look, don't be smiling at nobody. Don't be acting like you like them and do this and do that, you know? And that was it. No, he was excited. We did it in two takes. You know, because I've done some other stuff with celebrity producers where they do nothing. Mark was the best. Mark would make sure Marty Scorsese was going to be there. Get Tom Brady for us. If we needed to call HBO because we're running out of money, we're, whatever it was, you know, he was involved. And to this day, he's still the same way. Yeah. And every production we're involved with, like we just finished Father Stew, he was involved in every aspect of it, made any call he had to make, raised every dollar he had to raise. He that's that's just who he is. Yeah. We always knew we had that card. So you would try to handle it, right? It'd be Doug and Lev, they would be on the forefront. And then 
when you got to go into the bullpen and call <laughs> Rivera into the game, Mark was always there and warm. And, you, you know, right, you would try to keep that to when you really needed him. But when we really needed Mark in any capacity, he was there in a fucking heartbeat. And that's delivered. just a fact. Yeah, no, yeah. he delivered always and, and was really supportive. I think he was always happy with the content was the only time, which I don't know, Eric, if he said anything to you, but when I wrote that Vince was going to die in season eight. Well, thank I, God he made you a bunch of money because then you wouldn't have been able to do the movie. Well, whatever <laughs> it was, but Mark was like, we're going to lunch. You're not killing Vince, you know? And he was right, obviously. You know, Mark so. was like, we're doing a movie. We're doing a play. We're doing an opera, like, <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> whatever happened with the merchandising. You know? yeah. yeah. Can't thank you enough for coming in and doing this. This, this was, is awesome. This, it was very cool, and I think people really they're always asking what was the real thing. And, and as I said, Mark was the clear inspiration for this show, but he was great enough to let me kind of bring my spin on it. And Lev was there to, to kind of give us all those thoughts. And you guys were there as well, which was, it was awesome. So, thanks. And we learned something else. Sarah Lum was the first person to utter the word entourage. That's a good little tidbit yeah. for the episode. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming in. Excellent. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Anytime you want to know, I'm around. Oh, we got. Now with the direct line, we'll have them call in next time. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. No Thank you right. the podcast. Kevin Connolly. Doug Ellen. And Eric. what's Eric Weinstein in the new podcast, Doug Ellen, Hollywood Ways. Coming soon. <laughs> I love it. He's so bitter about this. <laughs> Can I get that?